Neil Parks just came in here and a ghost broke his headphones. That's crazy. Randy got it back together. All right, so uh, Neil Parks, who is going to lead us down the road of some Columbus haunts, has yes. joined us live. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, your mic's over here. Yeah, we get you right into the microphone. I'm now. even better when you can hear me. Yeah, how are you? Yes. We're doing fantastic. So you uh, fancy yourself as someone who is at the forefront of haunts around the Franklin County area or just uh, Columbus in general? Uh, the entire region. Uh, I'm from Chillicothe. So... Oh, yeah, I'm from Portsmouth, my friend. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know how yeah. many times I've seen Tecumseh? <laughs> how many times have you seen Tecumseh? No one's ever asked me that officially. <laughs> a lot of people just take my word that I've seen it a lot, so I'm going to go with 12. When we moved here, he wanted to move to Sugarloaf Mountain. Uh, it's an amazing place. I mean, one of the mi finer mountains in our country. Oh, completely. Yeah. If you want to call it a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> we I do. Mean, it yeah, is uh, sure. exceptionally high rolling hill. Mm -hmm. My family and I, we would uh, always go see Tecumseh, and then we'd go out to a really, really fancy meal right there at the Wendy's next to the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one of the burgers taste like butane. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I really want to know about local haunts. I, I, I want so to know. you're from Chillicothe, though. So like, it, that tells me a lot, though, because you know, down in that area, as you get down there in southern Ohio, it's sort of like yesteryear yes. unfolds, and you start to see see where old time yeah, yeah but the steel mills and all of these things that were so prevalent shoe factories across southern ohio mm -hmm. and i just know and i don't even really know but if i felt like ghosts were anywhere that's where they would be well the awesome thing about those regions like chillicothe and portsmouth where you're from those are all towns that are right next to a large body of water the river for example and a lot of those are sacred sites next to that from where the indigenous people would set up camps, set up uh, burial sites and so forth. And then, of course, during the Industrial Age, so much of that got decimated because people didn't understand history or the importance of that uh, sacred land. And they would come in with bulldozers and move these relics of these items out of those graves and either stockpile them or then create their own idea of a mound, which is uh, sort of a Western uh, white idea of how to set up a mound. And that really created a lot of negative energy and angry ancient energy. So, do you f so are you telling me that the mounds, like the one uh, here, what street is that on? McKinley? Yeah. It's McKinley. Is that real or is that white made? Uh, that one is actually authentic. Okay. It yeah. felt authentic because there's a squig, it's like a, it goes into like a spiral mm -hmm. squiggle to the top. Yeah. Where like the other ones when we went to visit by the prison. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Those are kind of cool down Mansfield. in Lucasville. Yeah. Oh, Lucasville. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are those man made? Uh, half of them are still approved by the okay. Ohio Department of... Uh, Clearly they're all man-made, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, at that time, aliens were assisting the indigenous yeah. people mm. with that since they finished the pyramids in a timely fashion. Right. Yeah. And they, they figured, hey, we got a couple extra minutes. We'll come over to Southern Ohio. Well, we got some bricks we can left. We can, <laughs> we can build a few mounds. Leftover soil. Where do we dump this? Yeah. The Nile, the Scioto, it's kind of the same, guys. You know, But you know, it's interesting that you said that about uh, Portsmouth and the rivers. There's a confluence there where the Scioto and the Ohio meet, and the Shawnee felt uh, very strong about that. Yeah, a uh, funny story about the Shawnee in that region. They would make it a point to always abduct uh, the white red-headed children, and then they would give them mohawks and send them back to their family as sort of a way to say, keep your kid off my lawn. So it, it was sort of like their marker in that, in that area. And then they weren't recognized among the civilized tribes until much, much later when they converted into uh, the Cherokee way of life. Yeah. And then they started trading with the white man. But before that, they were deemed savage. Yeah, the yeah. Cherokee Shawnee were like the real first sort of infusion of them 
starting to sell off everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The Tecumseh story is really amazing. And, you know, there's so much history about there's that. There's so much history. With it's leather very lips up in the Delaware area. You know, there's so much to explore. But where, so if someone was to ask in that area, like, where did you start? Like, where was the first uh, haunted area, quote unquote, that you uh, explored? This was back in 1995. I'm going way back when way back. grunge yes. was still nice. fashionable. Yes. So it was a majestic theater in Chillicothe, which is still the uh, most highly used theater of, of its nature, built in the mid-1800s, then rebuilt in the late 1800s, essentially reconstructed because of the fire uh, in 1883, I believe it was. And now they're adding to the Majestic, adding a whole new wing, which is stirring some things up. But in 1995, it was a monster movie marathon. And oh, wow. I went with some friends in costume. I was dressed as Darth Vader. I named my son uh, Luke after Luke. <laughs> Skywalker. You're a big fan. Oh, he had me goodness. bring this mug with water in it to drink it and think of him as I'm thirsty. There you go. So this Lucas on it. Okay. Where where was I? See, I do this a lot. Yes, yeah, so you're okay, dressed so up in the theater. theater yeah. Dressed as Darth Vader. Oh, I love the sound effects. So. I uh, take a break from uh, one of the films, go to the restroom, and planning to hit the concession stand on my way back. And for some reason, weird things happen to me in the restroom. So I go to this archaic Same restroom. Thing with Rick too. <laughs> yeah. Now wait a second. So you say weird things, just like you're hearing things, or like physical, like you feel. So- I, I, I don't. Like, mean, I, I don't mean like it's a joke. I mean like, like state senator sliding the yeah. shoe under my but, stall. Yeah. Like yeah. when people say that, do you feel like a wind. I mean, like what do you feel? Um, I don't know if it's the conductive energy of the water itself or the fact that. You're trapped in that square room, and it acts like a panic cage with all gotcha. of the lights and whatnot, creating a high level of electromagnetic energy. I seem to be in tuned with that. So okay. it seems like when I go to a restroom that has multiple amounts of lighting and probably poor faulty wiring, like in the Majestic, because it's, it's low ball gauge from... 20th century, if not the 19th, it's just sure. been reconstructed. So I go into the Majestic, and I walk past what appeared to be a janitor in one of those 1950s Shanana Fonzarelli yeah. uh, jumpsuits. Okay. <laughs> so he's standing there mopping the floor with his back to me, and I almost bump into him. I said, oh, excuse me, sir, I didn't see you there. He didn't acknowledge me. So I go into the stall. I like privacy. I come back out to wash my hands, and he's still standing in the same spot, mopping the same area, but there's no mop bucket and his mop is soaking wet, and the floor around him is wet. But there's no mop bucket. So I'm wondering, is he getting the water from the urinal? This is disgusting. How's yeah. this happening? And I say to him, that's probably the cleanest spot in the whole bathroom. And he stops and turns to look at me. He has a perfectly normal face. He's a solid person. And he takes himself in the mop and walks up the stairs uh, in a hurried fashion. And I'm standing there, what, what is this about? What's what's wrong with this guy? Does he not like to talk to people? Is, is he mute or something? So after I'm walking out, I start to walk up the stairs, going towards the concession, and I feel like someone's staring at me. I look directly up the stairwell because the stairs wrap around beyond the bathroom, and you can see all the way to the third floor. And he's peering down, holding on to the handrail, staring down at me. Wow. And he looks really angry. So... What do you do in that situation? Every horror movie, you follow it. You follow the noise in the dark. So I start to saunter up the stairs as slowly and cautiously as possible. And I get to the third floor. And there's like a uh, door that's there in front of him. And there's a whole area of pictures that are arranged along the wall that show like the staff of the yesteryears and so forth. And he goes to that door. And without turning the doorknob handle, he walks directly into it. Oh. and just sort of dissipates. 
So I'm like, what the? And then I walk up as quickly as I can to the door, open the door, and it's a janitor's closet. There's all kinds of cleaning supplies in there. And when I shut the door, I back away a few steps and notice one of the pictures along the wall has him from like 1953 with the staff picture, the group and the staff and the crew of the Majestic at that time. Yeah. And he was the same guy that I saw in the bathroom in 1995. So were you intrigued to find out who that guy was? Completely intrigued. Uh, found out that he actually was one of the victims of a uh, fire that broke out in the hotel that used to be next to the Majestic Theater that the actors who were visiting would stay in that hotel and there was this tiny little corridor tunnel that would connect from the bottom of the hotel to the bottom of the Majestic so the actors could walk in and out unbothered and he was trying to open up that doorway because he could hear someone on the other side screaming for help, and he couldn't get it unlocked on that side. He died from smoke inhalation wow, in the basement. That's crazy. And so, you know, Chillicothe, of course, the first capital of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. a lot of history there. Yeah, it was actually, uh, it's been the capital of Ohio twice, and then uh, Columbus uh, took that from us. So, we're okay with that. We've <laughs> twice, so, wait, so we were, or, I'm sorry, Chillicothe was, and then it and went to who? Zanesville. Zanesville was like, let me hold that for a minute. Yeah, hold my beer. And then it went back to Chillicothe. And they were like, Zanesville is a terrible idea. We're yeah. back, guys. And then we fumbled it somehow. So, so was this theater the reason that Tecumseh ended up uh, becoming such a big... Being outside? Yeah. Well, like or, ghost well, I don't know about that, but just like the, the history of theater in Chillicothe, or maybe it has nothing to do with it. They actually do go hand in hand. There's a huge artistic community in that region. Uh, we have several uh, local authors, some that I never even knew about till I started publishing books and yeah. having them released. Uh, we have a small community of that, like-minded artists, sculptors, uh, people who do woodworking, creating statues out of steel and so forth. The guy that plays Sam Kenton like, has played Sam Kenton since I was like eight. Yeah. I mean, a dude's been there forever. What about here in Columbus specifically? Right now, uh, we have uh, Neil Parks in, and uh, he's an author, and also... Uh, Haunted Enough is his book. Haunted Enough? Haunted Enough. And you can <laughs> grab that online, or you can grab that at bookstores. Where can people uh, pick it up? Oh, you can get it on Amazon, uh, probably eBay by now. I'm awesome. sure you can pick it up for a quarter. Ah, get out of here. And my local bookstore in Chillicothe that uh, was actually featured on NBC4 last month, the oh, Wheatberry cool. Books, is one of the best locally owned bookstores in the state. Uh, it was featured, and they've only been open for like a year and a half, so nice. kudos to them. But what about here in Columbus? Like, what, what, what can you tell us about like this area? Well, there's, of course, uh, the Buxton Inn. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. And where's that exactly? Uh, that is in Granville. Okay, Granville. Uh, right. That's I think it's what, like 40 minutes from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 minutes east. Uh, that is a really interesting location. Uh, I was invited to like... Uh, my wife and I were invited. She's like the scully to my molder. Oh, okay, so you guys do this together. All yeah, right. So do. Randy and I know about that. We do. Uh, she kind of ropes me in and keeps me from chasing the moon and werewolves. <laughs> and we were invited to like this murder mystery type dinner, get to know each all the X-Files. Nice. And we we were invited as like the guests of honor. They wanted me to tell some stories and read some excerpts from my book. Sure. And a lot of the people that were a part of it, it was like the movie Dinner for Schmucks. It was it was pretty funny. Oh, look at this place. This is yeah. nice. Yeah, it was, it was quite, yeah, it is a very nice location. And the bar downstairs is like a dungeon. Mm. And I wonder if they used to keep people during the Renaissance era in that location. But since this land was not um, anything beyond uh, the New World before the Renaissance era, I doubt that that was ever a, a 
dungeon of torture, but it, it does look pretty creepy, and in fact, a lot of weird things happen in that. Bar glasses are known to fly across the room. A lot of girls, when they go to change uh, certain containers for the drinks and whatnot, or change the keg, uh, they'll feel someone push or grab on them. Uh, I myself did not experience anything in the bar. I did get a sense of something moving around that wasn't physical, but what I experienced more was in the ballroom area where they have a lot of wedding receptions and uh, graduation dinners. Sure. There is said to be a ghost cat that runs around. Oh, ghost cat. Ghost cat. Do you have to do ghost litter? Ghost litter, yes. (laughs) Ghost poops. Yeah, ghost poops. So, uh, <laughs> what if it's like the worst part of a ghost cat? It still smelled like a cat, and you're like, I don't even get to see this son of a bitch. Like, what? <laughs> it's just, I smell it. It's just a cat. Yeah. So uh, you kind of want to set a can of nine lives out for it to see what happens. But <laughs> we're sitting in, in one of the tables, and I notice uh, one of the table drapes that goes over the tabletop cloths. It's brushing almost like someone's rubbing their foot against it. And I pick it up to look under to see who's doing that because it's just my wife and I sitting here at this table. And I, I kid you not, I kit, kitten you not, this, this cat, uh, was under the table and all the doors were closed. No one could get in or out at this point and it's just us, just physical people. And this cat, this solid white cat is under the table and it hisses at me just like that sound and then takes off. But it takes off to where? Because as soon as it disappears yeah. from our sight, it's just, it's, it's so gone. Weird. It was a catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> now, what All about right. the Ohio Theater? I was over there a few times. Uh, my buddy Roman Atwood did a show over there, and we were backstage, and I was just kind of mulling around a little bit, and I found myself in these different, like, corridors, and, like, you're looking yes, around. Yes, that and, did feel eerie in and, the like, back. And, like, I was by myself, and then, like, Randy joined me, but, like... The whole time when you're that by yourself, that was the scariest part. You definitely no, but what I was gonna say was you definitely get the sense of you're not alone. Like you know what I mean? Like the I have a pretty good fight or flight sort of I don't know sixth sense, sense if yeah. you will. Like yeah, and you know my spidey sense was going off in that place. That's exactly what I call it. It's so funny. Uh, the Ohio Theater, that's the the theater with the large chandelier. I've I've seen Phantom of the Opera at that theater and uh, Wicked. Kind of cool and. I've been told by people who work there that, like the corridor situation, that's mainly set up for actors to move in and out of areas undetected by people that are there to see the show so they don't get bothered in between changing and whatnot or get stopped. So they go through like a maze set up that they only know the map to, essentially. They have to walk it several times to memorize it, but it keeps everyone else away. But it kind of makes me wonder if someone didn't memorize it well enough and they starved to death in the corridors and died there. That's the feeling I get. <laughs> How intense if you're an actor. You're just like, hey, anybody, you going to bring me a, a potato chips or anything. I'm dying in the corridor, guys. Is no one else, like, changing costumes because I'm the only one in here? Like, you wonder, like, how that would even happen. So how often can you go, uh, you know, is this your full-time passion? Or, like, do you have another job? Or, like, how often can you go and... And like, big, I don't, you know, like collect, like collect these stories. Like I can go, I collect rocks. I can go collect rocks whenever. Or investigate. I, I, investigate. Yeah, how you. often like, do you find yourself here? quote unquote ghost hunting? Uh, well, even Batman has a day job, so I do have something that keeps me at okay. bay during the day. Uh, I used to do a lot more traveling around and investigating here and there, but um, my wife talked me into having kids. We've got an uh, 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, best decision of my life. So what do you do with that, though, that. Like with all this uh, hobby, you know, your hobbies? Like, do they, how, how much do you let them in before it's like kids are so freaked out they can't sleep? 
My kids are so into this, it's scary. Uh, my son has actually interacted with something at a location I was at in Chillicothe above Grandpa's, uh, Grandpa Joe's candy shop, it used to be Lloyd's Sweet Shop. And funny that it's called Lloyd's Sweet Shop at one time because above that it used to be a brothel during the days of the canal. And my son interacted with something. The Erie Canal. Yeah, the Erie Canal. When it was open, so like that branch of the canal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that used to be, they'd come out, the women would come out to the balcony area and wave their handkerchiefs to let the guys know that it's open for business. So they'd go up and pay their fare and take care of things. Never and imagine how quick you can park a jumbo. <laughs> People uh, want to talk, you know, ask all these questions. What about, um, well, hang on, hang on one second. So, so, so the ladies are out on the balcony and they're waving these guys down. Yeah. And then they go up and do their thing, and that energy is still trapped there. Um, because at that time, of course, I, I want to say at that time, but unfortunately it's still today, men did not value women. They used them as objects sure. and used them and abused them, throw them away. Kind of still the same way as the 21st century, but not much has changed. But they, I'm sure a lot of negative and energy of regret would be left behind by these women who were just tossed aside like pieces of candy, which later became Lloyd's Sweet Shot. That is interesting. Okay, ah. <laughs> uh, what about Mudhouse Mansion in Lancaster? Did he ever go there? One of the most haunted places in Ohio. They Ooh. tore it down. Where did the spirits go? Yeah, they <laughs> they tore that down. The, actually, the spirits would still stay if they were attached to that property because it's not so much the house itself. Of like, is it the coordinates? The coordinates. Uh, ah. If you were to like yeah, put the it coordinates, in a GP, it's like the <laughs> battlefield of Gettysburg. If you were to put. A neighborhood and zone yeah. it. That's what they say about Every our neighborhood. Every house would be haunted. Yes. They say that where we live in, in Dublin. In oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. They said like on the on the, the championship name. golf course, I guess it used to be a battlefield. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tiger, see? Tiger Woods yeah. said, tell me and about it. And they said like... Uh, Tiger was telling you about it? No, he said Tiger Woods said, tell me about <laughs> it. it. And like, every time uh, he plays over there. Yeah, so what is it? Is there a battlefield? Or? Um, it was mainly just the last days of the Civil War, and it was just... Uh, uh, in Dublin, yes, a friendly, yes. a friendly little uh, territory uh, squirmish, basically, just a uh, rite of passage. I mean, the war was already over, but people were still angry and holding on to their intentions, and they started raising their Confederate flag and kicking their boots in that area because they were trying to head east and get back to south and. They ended up running into a few uh, Union soldiers that I had to kick their tail and send them home. But a lot of people died in the, in the field that is now a golf course. Isn't that wild? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I had no idea. They say, well, I went to University of Tennessee, super haunted on the hill. It's called the Hilltop, and that's where, like, maybe majority of your classes are. Yeah. And that one was used for a hospital during the Civil War. Ooh, sounds it, like Athens. The, the city was, like, our university... They use these buildings for the war. Mm hmm And then they would resume classes when the war was over. Yeah, uh, how do you go back from that? Talk about PTSD. Wait, was the University of Tennessee was open during the Civil War? I mean, it's uh, these buildings were there. That's wild. That they, would, they said they would make it, they turned the building into a hospital. I don't know if they had regular classes going on right. during war times. Uh, you'd probably have to duck and run a lot between yeah. sessions. Four score and seven. Oh, we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was founded in 1794. Wow, look at that. Somebody said, tell him to go to 397 East 5th Street. I used to live there, and it's really haunted. No, 1794 oh is the, the actual tooth count of the people that have graduated oh. the University of Tennessee. Oh, 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 oh. Now, uh, back to the investigation question. I, I don't really go on a lot of investigative trips anymore. I focus more on writing and research. Okay. Um, I have 
taken a lot of cases that have been handed to me and passed them on to other teams that do stay active in the field that I find reputable, and I pass it off on to them. Right. I, I see these shows on TV, or I used to watch them, and these families would be like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I, I can't call the police to get this thing out of my house. And <laughs> so... Does that like that happens to people? Like people listening right now? Do you have something in your house? Is there a Ghostbuster like for real? Like, can you call somebody? Uh, Mainly, if it's something that's of dark energy or dark um, intent, you would want to get a man of the cloth involved. But which cloth? That's my question. (laughs) Are they only answering to Jesus? The ones answering to Jesus, yes. Okay. Like, I mean, like, what if I'm in uh, Africa? Like a tribe, like a different tribe. Yeah, I might need to, like, you know, this this ghost might not know Jesus. See, that's a slippery slope when you get into that. Yeah, that's, that's my with, question. I'm dealing with and... other religions and yeah. so forth. You don't want to isolate anyone because then you can create an adverse effect. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Can't find a priest. Got this rabbi here. Rabbis have been known to work wonders as well. All right, good. <laughs> you know, I just got a note. Neil Parks in here, who is an author. Randy, give us the name of the book one yeah, more time. it's called Haunted Enough, okay. Terrifying Tales to Tell Your Friends. It, it makes me think of the ghost storybooks, like uh, when I was in high school and stuff. It looks amazing. I love it. I, I just have one question. How do you refrain from not talking like this all the time? Because I feel like I would go on a journey, and I would have to find ghosts, and I would have to talk like this. It would just become my permanent voice. Like I said, uh, Scully to my molder has kind of broken me at that. Oh, she okay. said I used to, when I would do lectures and do conventions and festivals yeah. on a regular basis, she said I would go into this fake British accent. Like, kind of <laughs> like, like Fraser Lohan. Train yeah, or something right, right. from uh, Cheers. <laughs> and here, I found this. Yeah. And behold, I have a debit box. Well, but you, I don't recall ever doing that. You feel like you're really, you know, you're conquering new lands, I'm sure. You know, like, But in all seriousness, <laughs> I mean, people have called you out to research... Different paranoia or paranormal. (laughs) Either way, too. Normal, like that is going on. uh, Things that are seeming to be not of this world. In the Columbus area, what do you think is the most bizarre thing that you have been a part of? Uh, When it comes here, we are in October, (laughs) two days in. Start to freak me out, man. Halloween's around the corner. Most bizarre thing I've ever encountered. One uh, would be uh, when I was a guest speaker at the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I told you, Randy. Uh, several years ago. I've, I've been a regular there, but I've taken some time off from it so I don't bore people. So this woman approaches me, and she is, seems to be distraught, and she's like, she really needed to talk to me, but not around other people. So she pulls me off to the side, and she says to me, I don't know how to tell you this, but I know I've been abducted over and over again since the age of nine. I'm like, okay, go ahead. I, I'm open ears. I hear stories like this all the time. And she said, no, you don't understand. They've abducted me within the last year and impregnated me. I said, really? And she says, yes. And I was carrying the child almost a full term. And then the light took me again. And when I came to, I was in the hospital. And they say I was never pregnant to begin with. But I have ultrasounds showing that I had a child in my stomach. I, I said, oh, okay, did you, you know, did some cult maybe take your baby or something? Or did a dingo get your baby? And she's, I didn't really say that. That would be rude. So she, she went on to, to say that she keeps having visions of a child that she um, will never see or never have because it was taken from her by the higher beings. And that she encountered a child that she knew was hers. But it was aged seven years, but she lost it about a year ago. 
And I'm like, okay, so it aged rapidly? She said, because it's an alien-human hybrid. And she knows it's her child because it spoke to her telepathically. And said, mommy, I'm here, I'm okay. Um, They need me. They need me. I have a higher calling. And I, I'm start. I'm sitting. I have to sit down at this point. I'm like, okay, because that was a lot to unload on a guy that That's writes ghost books and talks yeah. about Bigfoot and. You're like, this is a great man. story. Are you yeah. like, yes? I was thinking, is it I hard to capitalize on? Is it hard? Like, do you have to like resist getting too caught up in the beginning? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you can end up like Alex Jones. You mentioned sure. him earlier, yeah. and create your own crazy cult of conspiracies mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Then the government has you on a watch list, which isn't fun. I've had my phones tapped, but that's a whole other story. And that whole experience, uh, on top of that, then I, there was another time at the Mid-Ohio Paranormal Convention in Dayton where these people approached me and said that men in black were following them. Uh, men in black had told them not to talk to me <laughs> and that they feel they have to share these images with me before the men in black take them because they've broken into their house and ransacked their house looking for these images. And it was just random images of really weird black lines and posts that just appear out of nowhere within a five-second shot they're not there and then within a five-second shot they are there so i mean these were just typical polaroids and snapshots and i'm thinking well you know that could have been a sharpie marker you just gave me a quick glimpse of the image let me analyze the natural the actual film let me look into this let me know more about the land where these pictures were taken they were giving me minimal information so there's a lot of kooks out there like that right too. well and then mental health so yeah you're like mental health plus yeah, yeah. but that yeah. woman really shook me to the core when she shared that information so what what, what came of, of that Uh, She had been following me for a while, and uh, this was during the days of the merge between MySpace losing its popularity and Facebook becoming a a big thing in like Mm -hmm. 2010, 2011 when MySpace died. And she had been following me heavily on uh, Facebook, which is one of the reasons I don't have my own Facebook anymore. Um, I have fan pages, but I don't have anything more than just that about myself on Facebook. Why? Because you are having people... Find you and yeah. come up to you with problems. Uh, yeah, and uh, somehow getting my phone number because there was a time when Facebook would take the information you put in uh, that's supposed to be secure, and right. they would have on their phone number, and then I would be getting calls and texts right. and all hours of the night. Yeah, <gasps> I just heard something. <laughs> I need you to come over. <laughs> Demons wow. in my sock drawer. Yeah, I would get that a lot. Now, what is the, so? What would you say is like the the most definitive evidence that you've ever been a part of? Uh, like where, where made you a believer 110%? It started with me at a very early age. Uh, what pushed me over the edge, I had always been aware of things, seen things, heard things, and I was told uh, by people close to me just to ignore it. Um, now you said like, like your mother or like your... your yeah, and uh, people at church. And uh, so they didn't. Add. So your mother or, or your parents or whoever this is uh, didn't ever have any sort of beliefs like you have. Like where? Oh, they do. They do, uh, and they would choose to ignore it as well, and not feed it, not give it attention. But I went the exact opposite out of rebellion, I guess. You're like give it. To me. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters in our era didn't help uh, either. I'm sure Ghostbusters did not help. I mean, it, it's a great <laughs> film, but it did not help to um, push that fire down. I guess. So what I kept encountering was a loved one that had died and died under mysterious circumstances. We were told just from old age, but it was something more depression-related. And I kept seeing them around the time of the anniversary of their death, 
uh, not in a peaceful manner, but in a, in a manner of anguish and despair, reaching out to me. It was freaking me out as a five-year-old, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old. This went on until I was about 11 or 12. Around the same week that they died, I would keep seeing them in and around the property that belonged to them. And would they come up to you specifically because they knew that you could you would acknowledge them? Yeah. Whoa. They wouldn't speak. It's almost as if they couldn't speak. But I got a sense of despair and, and want and longing from them. Some They needed help for something. So at the age of 12, it just dawned on me because it works for me in my area. And those around me believe and acknowledge Jesus as a Savior. So it worked for us, mm-hmm. per se, religion-wise. And I prayed to God, take them wherever they need to go. They need you. They need to pass over. They need redemption, something. Save this soul. And the sighting stopped. I never saw this person again anymore in that state of being after that prayer was said. And it just, it's almost like a light went off that I'm supposed to do that. Uh, This is what I need to do. And it just only became... I guess it's um, you're like a walking Ouija board, like a spiritual I, gift afraid. almost. Yeah, yes. that's interesting. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Moonville Tunnel? I have. Have you been out there? Uh, a few times I've been out there. What's yes. this, what is it? What is, is the it special a, nature is it a of tunnel? this? Tunnel. There was uh, a train derailment that caused um, a lot of deaths, mainly the people on the train and a few cars near and there. Um, there was a road at one time that went through the tunnel, and the train went over the tunnel. And the derailment caused a couple of cars to get smashed and people on the train to die. One of those being um, a light man, uh, the lantern man. And people will see him to this day walking through in and out the tunnel with the lantern. Oh, my God. No head. That's so crazy. No head, huh? No head. See, people are, people are starting to go to these places right now in the month of October. Mm-hmm. They they want these real experiences. They they do. They're already texting in. Have you been to the Moonville? We went a couple of weekends ago at midnight. There's a bunch of crazy stuff happening. They want you to get out there. <laughs> Uh, there, there's a lot of weird stuff happening. Uh, unfortunately, when you get a large group of people, with our bodies, the human body is 70-something percent water. So there's natural current flowing in and out of us all the time. And when you mix cell phone uh, waves, microwaves, satellite waves, and radio waves in an environment bouncing around in and out of people, and then a large group of people together, it cre- creates a shift in the environment. So a lot of those things can manifest as a result of our own conduction, because we're walking batteries, essentially. And we know what the full moon does to the currents of the ocean and the shifting of the waves. Um, It gets more intense, it swells, it spills out more, and science has acknowledged that it does, it works, it wreaks havoc on our bodies as well. And especially if you have more water on your brain, it, it can make you act out as a result of it. So you want to stay dehydrated as possible around the full moon. <laughs> During the full moon. Don't <laughs> overdo it on drinks, kids. That's that's good advice, man. Yes, Thick Rick. Okay, so we've gotten a lot of texts about this place. I grew up in Grove City, and just south of that is Darbydale, where the little Pennsylvania cemetery is, better known as Wooly Burger Cemetery. <laughs> Been there many times, a lot of friends after partying, and... 
oh, really? stuff was, was that like a thing? Like we're going oh, over yeah, to yeah, Woolly Let's go see if we can, you know, survive Woolly Burger Cemetery. Was it know? during the uh, day of the Satanic Panic where everybody thought they were a Satanist when they went to? This would have been in the late eighties. Wait, people yeah. went there and they thought they were Satanists for going there. Oh, like, all the time. Anytime people in the eighties and early nineties would go um, to cemeteries in a large group, they're like, "Oh, they must be Satanists." Yeah. Uh, they're going up there to kill a cat. But right, that right. happened all the time in the eighties. You well, play. You know, you play uh, Stairway to Heaven backwards, right, and it says right. Sweet Satan. Yes. Uh, doesn't Here's really, but it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So what do you know about Willie Burger? Anything? I honestly, I know nothing about Willie Burger. They said as the Willie Butcher House stood for many years on London Groveport Road. Is that connected to Willie Burger? I think I it is. Oh. And now it won't go to the page. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Are yeah. there any places that you haven't been to in central Ohio that you want to get into? Oh, there's a well, Wooly Burger now, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you need um, to check that out. I would like to get back into the Mansfield Reformatory, because I was actually banned from that location for a very long time. How do you get banned? <laughs> it was, I was in high school, and... I went with a few friends during the Halloween season yeah. when they started opening it up to, for tours, okay. just for fun. And I'm the reason there's a velvet rope around Old Sparky. Uh, the it's the what, electric what, chair. What'd you do? You jumped on it? I thought it would be funny to have a picture taken of me sitting in the electric chair. And mm -hmm. the sensation I felt when I sat in that chair will stay with me forever. No. It, it was, no, it was grotesque. It, it was vile. It, it's like I sat in the lap of Satan itself. It was... Wait, so tell me. Like, so, so you walked up and you sat down. Do, mm -hmm. do, are there signs that say, do not sit down? Yes. <laughs> okay. So no, I'm just curious. Like, So there was no rope. No, there yeah. was no rope at that and time. So, but it, just the sign says, don't sit down, but you're like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I would I, sit down, too. I'm like, you know, days of Nirvana and Soundgarden, and you're know, going to break my rusted cage and run. I'm all up in that. <laughs> so I sat down in it, and uh, I got uh, uh, sent outside, and my group got to go through the rest of the tour, but I wasn't allowed back in. And I don't even know if they have old Sparky on display anymore. I have no idea. But at the time following that, they put up the velvet rope. That's interesting. So, I mean... Potentially, you could get back up. I think mean, we could help get you back up. Oh, there. I'm sure you I know. could. You know, sneak in. You know, I'm sure you I could. Grow a beard. You know, well, right now they have a haunted house, house going on, so I'm sure that they'll let you come back in. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, my wife is hesitant about me going into uh, prisons uh, to do investigations. Insane asylums are a different case altogether. Well, because the darkest and most violent of human beings are sent to those places, which when they are in a prison, they only become more violent and angry and resentful. Sure. Unless they decide to turn their life around through re rehabilitation. But the same negative, angry energy that is in those people when they're put in to yeah. the system and then they die there is then released and sort of like Imprinted. bonds to the location. So you're walking into um, someone's place. nightmare, essentially. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. There's a there's a golf course in Louisiana, downtown in like New Orleans, where these two women were finishing the 18th hole and they got shot and killed. Just and they said that people will call the police because they'll hear it play out over and over, over and over again. And the police are like, nothing's happening. That's so weird. It's, they will play out. They'll New hear. Orleans has to be one of Absolutely. the best places to go. I have never see been paranormal activity. Unbelievable. I would love to tour the so uh, many ghost tours down there. You could yeah. start with my grandma. And they have that, <laughs> and they have uh, well, her, yeah, they, they have the uh, the above ground cemetery tours. But her grandmother does this thing like where she controls a table. Well, instead of like a Ouija board, they use a table or a chair. Almost like a seance. But she no, is no, not no. It's like A, it. B, C. Every time the, the chair dips back, they use A, B, C, and it'll stop on a letter. 
and oh, then it'll nice. start over. I'm real skeptical, and yeah. I've seen this thing move, and Growing she's not up, touching it. We would do it, and we we wouldn't do it in our houses. We would do it when we'd be on like vacations. You go to hotels and, and do swear. it. <laughs> we would, we'd be on vacations and stuff like that, and then Grandmama would get the table. Yeah, because they're really weird about not doing it in houses that you live in. You know, you don't want to. Yeah, bring anybody Absolutely. in that you don't want to that's why stay I, permanently. That's why I travel with kosher salt and holy water. I gargle with it. Is that right? No, I don't. I'm joking. But <laughs> no, I, I'm like, like, oh my I can't God. tell. I, was like, I, I, I actually do travel. Well, you with, do have a briefcase. Is like water, so. okay. It's like money in the bank. I thought you were uh, WWE wrestler. So you do have one of those like. Uh, oh, that's like, so you he's got a crucifix in this cross. Things. This is actually. Um, I'm going to take an Instagram video from, so people can uh, see Croatia. This crucifix. Is from Croatia. Now, why is that of significance? Like, uh, that is actually where my in-laws came from. Oh, I, I married into a group of Croatians, Italians, and uh, he's related to, to Stepe my... Miocic up in uh, Cleveland, the Watch former heavyweight champion. Me. No, of the world. no, I'm not actually. Yeah, I, right. I am not. Uh, I am, however, part Irish Scottish. Okay. For the longest time, I was told I'm part uh, Cherokee, but I took the ancestry DNA test. Hey, me too. <laughs> Meet Loper, who has. I the had same... a psychic told me that I was. No. It's not Tecumseh, direct okay. relation to Tecumseh. That was your past yeah. life. Not... I was told Pocahontas for me. It was what, Randy? Is great. It was my past life, which wouldn't mean you'd have the same DNA. Whatever, it took my ancestry, life. and guess what? No one is whiter than this guy. Yeah. The I problem no is we idea. got Look whitewashed. My skin. I'm not white. <laughs> What's that? We got whitewashed. I know. Um, our great. parents would be like 8 to 6%, which, you know, they can get a card for that and yeah. certain benefits, but then when they have us, it's just like, oh, you're white now. So. Yeah. If I had any sort of native relatives, they were all whores, because I mean, it all became so white, it was ridiculous. I yeah. mean, just terrible. Uh, Truck and Dan said, I went to the lowest cell area at the lowest level. In Mansfield Prison. And he didn't see anything, but he felt something to the point where he said he's never going back in Capital Levitors. <laughs> never going back. Man, this has been uh, absolutely thrilling. <laughs> and Neil Parks, we're going to have you back in before Halloween. Great to meet you, my friend. I great know you listen to, to the yes. show, and it's uh, always great I, to have people in. That I know walk. I dress like I listen to WNCI, and I love you guys. So. <laughs> well, thank okay. you. Yeah, you said you listen right. every day. Yeah, it's so good to see you, and uh, say hi to everybody back at Chillicothe for us. And we're going to have you back in before the 31st. And if there's any questions that people have uh, for him, uh you can email me at loper at theblitz.com, and the book is available on Amazon, right? That's correct. It is. And it's called? Haunted Enough, Terrifying Tales to Tell Your Friends. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Neil Parks. Thanks, man. Good night. Roswell, UFOs, Flying Saucers, Alien Abduction, Are We Alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet.